Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Hello and welcome back to the A Show, the main show, the only show that matters, the crown jewel of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet crown. It is the crown jewel of the crown. Yeah, that makes sense, Ross. Well done. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to Eat Sleep with me, Ross McLeod, joined by David Hockney, firmly on the road to WrestleMania. Yes, definitely. And I'll tell you what, this is like my third show in the space of a week now. And bear in mind, I was fighting tonsillitis all of last week and I've only just about fully recovered. So it's been a, a tough few days, but you know what? The show must go on. We power through and we deliver you all the news, the entertainment and all the facts. That's it, Dave. You get in there and you make it about yourself. Anyway, before we, <laughs> before we kick on, just remember you can follow all our back catalogue, previews, reviews, interviews, all the news, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, on iTunes, no longer Anchor, it's uh, Spotify for podcasts, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites, and of course, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Right, let's just jump right in. A lot of the big stories regarding the road to WrestleMania. David, they're back together, reunited, and it feels so good. KO and Sammy once more, it's a toxic relationship, but we love to see it play out. It's like Ross and Rachel, or Sam and Diane, if you're, you're over 50. <laughs> <laughs> Back together, this past Friday on SmackDown, we kicked things off with Cody Rhodes calling out both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Sami says to Kevin after the segment, if you don't want to be my friend, that's fine but we'll never be done. We're brothers. We're more than brothers. And he told him he loved him. And then in the final segment of the night, the Usos beating down Sammy and to a pop that <laughs> could be heard from space, KO makes the save, stunners all round. They hug it out. They hug a bigger pop than any title win in, in AEW history. Yes, I'm an English job. Yes, I'm immature. And... KO and Sammy versus the Usos is now official. It's WrestleMania season. Yes, off. I mean, to be fair, it was probably the most predictable match that was going to happen on the card, aside from maybe Roman versus Cody. But I'm so glad that they've officially confirmed it. It's because this is a story that's been built up for the best part of six to nine months with Sammy, you know, edging his way into the bloodline. There was that whole epic storytelling moment from the finish at war games and now it's come full circle you know the the nxt alumni are going for the tag team titles for a change after both being solo competitors for so long it's uh, it just feels so good being at this time of the year the road to wrestlemania you've got to have a few epic moments to lead you up to the show of shows and most of that has been from the from Roman Cody and the Mysterios but you almost forget that about this time six weeks ago or two months ago Sami Zayn was the most over guy in the company and you worry that because they're pushing the program with Cody and that he sort of falls down the pecking order a little bit but no 
everybody in the storyline is keeping this this angle alive. Everything from the Usos to KO to Sammy, even to Roman to an extent, it's it's played out so brilliantly. And it, it doesn't make Sammy feel like an afterthought considering, you know, how over he was not that long ago. Yeah, absolutely. And they've integrated Cody Rhodes into it so well. They've used Kevin Owens' history with uh, with Cody Rhodes. Um, they even they've had used, Cody looking at the TV at the correct angle as well. Yes, exactly. Watching telly like a normal human being. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cody and Kevin's friendship well known. Kevin's friendships on the independent scenes well known. That was brought up, and he mentioned you. You put me with my brothers. I want to put you back with yours, which I thought was a really good line on SmackDown. Um, and listen, I rewound it and watched it about eight times. The hug and the pop. It's like. If you mute, if you closed your eyes and just listened to the pop, you would be mistaken for thinking a title match has just finished, because it's one of the best pops you will ever hear. It, everyone wanted it, and I I likened the story to um, Rollins and Ambrose getting back together. The payoff and the reaction was so much better. Yeah, it reminds me of when DX reunited in uh, two thousand and six. Because yeah. H and Triple H were still at odds with each other a little bit, but right up until that moment where they helped each other take out the Spirit Squad and then they did the the high five. Oh my god, I remember that. It was such an epic pop. Absolutely. And uh, last night on Raw, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn kick off the show. They challenged the Usos. Uh, Jay Uso said it might be our only chance to squash this beef and squash this issue. So if you want to take us on, you're on. Kevin Owens with a great line as well. You and your brother against me and my brother. Just so many, there's so many personal and so many good feuds heading into this year's WrestleMania. It just, it feels so good, you know. Um, we've got this, we've got the Mysterios not yet quite confirmed, but, you know, we're going to get it. We've got, Cody versus Heyman, eh, Cody versus Heyman, eh? Cody versus Roman, eh, you've got Charlotte versus Rhea, and of course, one I'm going to touch on last night, eh, Edge and Finn Balor inside Hell in a Cell. We saw Edge. Oh, my God. Edge has called out the demon. Edge has told him, bring your demon into Hell. The devil would like to meet him. I mean, there was every chance, you know, I mean... This Edge-Balor feud is just one step up every single week that passes. You know, because you knew they are going to fight at WrestleMania. Then they throw in it's going to be Hell in a Cell, which is, again, also going to be great. And I'm also jealous that Gary's going to be able to see a Hell in a Cell match <laughs> live because he'll be going out to, to Los Angeles. Um, but to throw in Demon Balor as well, something we've not seen since Extreme Rules 2020, uh, 2021, I should say. Um, yeah. I mean, it's everything that I think people have been asking for for the Edge Balor feud. It's like Triple H is, you know, actually listening, you know, unlike what um, Vince McMahon did. You know, he just wanted Brock Lesnar almost, but Triple H is right. Let's add layers. <laughs> let's add layers to these stories. You know, let's drag out Ray and Dominic as long as we can, right up until the point where he actually agrees to a fight. Let's um, wait until the right moment to get Kale and Sammy on the same page. And now they're doing the same with Edge and Balor. They're just adding layers to it to make it more and more appealing. And I think this is why the build for these matches to Mania is just has been done really, really well. Yeah, and you've got the mix of both. Obviously, we'll talk about the showcase matches added in a minute. But you do have, obviously, the Omos versus Lesnar is going to be a special attraction match. You've got the return of John Cena. You've got the legends that are Lita and, Be uh, Lita and Trish Stratus teaming with Becky Lynch to take on damage control. You do have these, you know, big-time matches. But there's also so many layers to WrestleMania this year that Mm -hmm. Absolutely great. Let's talk about Dominic Mysterio. Dominic, 
sent you the notes for the show before we started, Dave, and my notes said, Dom to challenge Ange on SmackDown. You thought Ange Postacoglu was getting yeah. <laughs> with Dominic Mysterio. Uh, no, Dominic maybe Mysterio Dom, was... Maybe Dom, Dom secretly a Rangers fan. Exactly. Good boy. Always liked them. <laughs> um, no, they've announced that the think, entire... The entire Mysterio family are going to be on SmackDown uh, this week to honour Ray ahead of his Hall of Fame induction. And mm-hmm. he says he's going to get his mother's blessing. He's going to show up with Rhea and get his mother's blessing so he can fight his dad at WrestleMania. I'd love it if his mom fought him. <laughs> or more against Mammy. Exactly. Dom... Dom against Angie at WrestleMania. That's the match. I don't want to see Rick Mysterio. Well, how about uh, Rhea versus Aaliyah and winner gets to keep Buddy Murphy? Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> I know this poor this poor family can't be left alone by this Australian couple. But yeah, it looks like uh, another layer is going to be added to the, the rivalry between Dominic and Rey Mysterio. And I'm wondering... Do they do it here? Or there's rumours uh, that they're going to do it at the Hall of Fame? Do they announce it here or do they announce it at the Hall of Fame? I'm not sure the Hall of Fame is the best place to do it because, you know, there's a sense of realism about the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. maybe a few hints of kayfabe thrown in, but it's um, you sort of get to see the superstars where kayfabe is an absolute minimum. I, I think it would just be weird seeing it at the Hall of Fame, and you know, yeah, the fans would. The fans, I think, would really. Rip, I think the fans would rip Dom to shreds anyway, because they're they tend to be the more hardcore fans that go to the the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And even if there was to be like a, an angle or an attack that takes place at the Hall of Fame, it wouldn't be the first time, given that it happened to Bret Hart back in uh, twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think this would be a lot more scripted, David. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I know, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't think... No, I don't think... I disagree. I don't think the Hall of Fame is the right place. I think it has to be on SmackDown. Yeah, I I, I would like to see Ray, you know, be honoured the way he should at the Hall of Fame. And obviously, kayfabe thrown to one side for the night before he goes up against Dominic Mysterio, which possibly might be his last match. Um... So yeah, interesting seeing that. Um, on SmackDown this past week, they announced the WrestleMania showcase. I don't know what this means. I don't know if this is going to be like pre-show or mm. or the new name for the pre-show sort of thing. But they announced two Fatal 4-Way tag team matches. Uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez defeated... Emma and uh, Tegan Knox on SmackDown this past week to qualify for the women's Fatal 4-Way, three other teams to be determined. However, on Raw last night, they announced Ricochet and Braun Strowman, the Street Profits, Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders to take part in a WrestleMania Fatal 4-Way men's showcase match. Um, I'm kind of for this because it's people on the card it still means we don't have to clutter the tag match because so often at WrestleManias, either the women's or the tag team matches would be multiple team or people affairs. And look, I like the idea of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but WWE haven't done anything with it. And this, I think, is more of a showcase, as the name suggests, and it allows tag teams to be tag teams and get more more emphasis on tag teams. Yeah, I, I get. I, I like the idea of you know this potentially replacing both Andre and the women's battle royals, which I suppose is fair enough. But I think there's some glaring omissions to this showcase tag team match. Two being the brawling brutes, Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland, and the other being Imperium, Vinci and Kaiser who have shown over the past couple of years, both on the main roster and on NXT, that they are actually very formidable teams. And, uh, I mean, but it's hard to argue, you know, the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, Viking Raiders, they're all established teams in their own way. Braun Strowman and Ricochet, though, I think is fairly new 
to an extent. And I think either of those could have been replaced with the the Brawling Brutes or Imperium. I think the thinking there is um, they're going to be involved with the Seamus and uh, Seamus, Drew McIntyre and Gunther Triple Threat, which is something else I've got yeah. to add to the notes. That was confirmed this past Friday on SmackDown after Imperium interfered. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser, by the way, this Friday is going to be taking on Cody Rhodes. That'll be a good match to see on SmackDown. But yeah, I think yep. they're going to be involved in that. And there's always time to maybe add to the pre-show, like Brawling Brutes versus Imperium with, you know, Sheamus and Gunther at ringside. Sort of, if mm-hmm. you have, a, have the title match on night two, you could always have this night one pre-show. Um, but yeah, they, they are involved or the spotlight is on them. Mm-hmm. as part of the Intercontinental title feud, whereas this is to get people who clearly had no role on the show onto the show. Yeah. You know what? It is a triple threat, so there's no disqualifications and no countouts. I reckon this could turn into... This is the potential to turn into a mass brawl. With, yeah, uh, I think so. Imperium, the Brutes, and Drew as well, to an extent. But Drew's sort of like the... Um, He's sort of like the outsider in all this a little bit because you still get the Brutes versus Imperium feud. But then Drew only recently has said he's going after the Intercontinental title as well. And that's obviously created a rift between him and Sheamus because they've been teaming as of late. I wonder where Drew is going to stand in all of this. You know, will he continue to stand by Sheamus and fight off Imperium? But then one of them two wins the Intercontinental title by pinning the other. It's uh, hmm, maybe, maybe. Um, and then maybe they can have a solo feud going into Backlash if Sheamus does finally win it. That would and be that good. May, because I think one of them has to pin the other one because Gunther is just too damn good to eat a pin at this point. So that's why I think maybe they had the triple threat. But the fans were clamoring for it the week prior. It was announced as well, but they just had to drag it out for another week before they made it official. I'm going to be honest, and we'll go more into it on our special WrestleMania Central, which we'll talk more about later on. Um, I think Gunther's going to win it. Uh, yeah. I think I think this is his WrestleMania showcase. But um, we've talked about, obviously, the men's tag team showcase. The women's one's still to be announced. There's not many women's teams on, mm. on the main roster. And, you know, Damage Control are... Are in a triple threat in a six women tag match. Um, yeah, there's and Chelsea Green was teaming with Carmella. She's now teaming with Piper Niven. Are they going to be on the show, or is you know, you know what's going to happen there? Who do you who do you think the other women's teams are? Just you can take a minute to look up the women's roster and throw a couple of teams together if you want. <laughs> I think one of them is going to be Ronda and Shayna. Oh God, no! Like, I I know I know it's not what you want to hear, but I mean, Ronda's been sort of nursing a, a hand injury as of late, so they've sort of kept them quiet a little bit. So I reckon if you put her in a tag match, you could have Shayna do most of the work, and it sort of protects protects her a little bit. But I don't think you can have WrestleMania these days without extra star power, and Ronda Rousey is one of those extra star power moments that, you know, it draws people in. Much like, you know, we discussed on Wrestling Mixtape, uh, which is now out on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets back catalogue. You can check it out as this week's feature show. Um, but yeah, Ronda has that star power that would bring in the casual viewer. Even if she's just put in a tag match, people want to tune in to see what she does. As for the other teams, I reckon... Well, I think Chelsea Green and Piper Niven definitely probably is another one. For the fourth one, I reckon Natalia is going to be teaming with somebody. But I don't know mm-hmm. who, though. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, I'd like to see Chance and Carter, now that, they've, now that mm. they're not in the title picture, come up from NXT. I'd like to see them. Yeah, um, well, I suppose Toxic Attraction's out of the question now, given that... Yeah, G and JC are against each other now. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just looking at the rest of the women's roster. No what about um, Kayleigh Ray and Isla Dawn? I think because they're going for the titles, they'll not be included. I think oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, they're going for the they're going against Henley and Kiana James for the NXT women's tag titles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, try to just look here. Maybe either if they're going to go main roster, Candice LeRae and Mia Yim were part of the women's war games, mm-hmm. and if they want to go classic, they they could always do Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. But it looks like yes. she's going after the. Looks like she's going after the NXT Women's Title in a ladder match this coming, uh, oh. this coming Saturday. No, next Saturday. Sorry. Yeah, next Saturday at Stand Deliver. Yeah. But, oh, seeing the way back would have been really cool. But Candice and Mia does make a lot of sense as well. So we're going Candice and Mia, um, Ronda and Shayna, and Piper and Chelsea Green. I think that's the safest bet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, Plus Triple H is a fan of the the wrestling family as well So I think Candice might have a chance to get on there Yeah Um, Right Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now And save up to 60% on hotels So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City Go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda You never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Move on from that just now. Let's talk the Hall of Fame. Uh, the headliner this year, Rey Mysterio. Um, a bit of a, not a shock because he does deserve it, but a shock because he's still an active competitor. Mm. Yeah, this one definitely caught me off guard, but because, but you're right. You know, he's he was a surefire Hall of Famer to begin with. I just didn't expect him to be inducted whilst he was an active competitor. But I've been hearing rumors going around that um, I think they were supposed to get Batista to headline this year, but he was in South Africa filming a new film, so the logistics of it um, caused a, a scheduling conflict, so he wasn't able to to be there for it. Which is a shame, really, because Batista was initially requested to go in back in I think it was during the pandemic era but he said um, no, no I'll hold off until uh, a, su- a more suitable time well you could get a more suitable time than you know him being Hollywood's newest heavyweight but uh, lo and behold he's away filming another film he, sometimes <laughs> you just you just can't get the timings right I mean I mean I would have accepted The Rock being in the headliner this year given that he is Hollywood's highest paid actor slash producer, director, sports owner. He is Hollywood, basically, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. And it just seems to be The Rock is getting busier and busier. Batista is now taking off as well. Mm -hmm. It's hard and hard to get them, but a more than suitable replacement, Rey Mysterio. I'm going to put you on the spot immediately. Favourite Rey Mysterio moment? Ooh, probably because I've watched almost his entire tenure in WWE because mm-hmm. just except maybe the first couple of years uh, from when he first joined. My favorite Rey Mysterio moment. I, oh, that's really tough, actually, because he was away for a good period and he was off injured quite a lot as well. But all right, well, don't include those then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if anything, it cuts it down and makes it easier, Dave. My favourite, a bit of an underrated one, but I think when he came back in the 2018 Royal Rumble, like, I legitimately popped for that. I was going to say that, you shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he came back, he was much, he looked noticeably slimmer, and, you know, he'd been away for about five years or so, and he just it looked like he hadn't lost a beat. And when he was siding with Cena and Orton against Balor, Reigns and Nakamura in that rumble, like it's just, it was such a great turnaround just to see, you know, where he's been with the last time he appeared compared to the last time he appeared in a rumble where he got booed out the building. So it was such a really nice uh, comeback moment. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll agree with that. I'll go the boring route then. Uh, I tried not to go the boring route and I was thinking the Royal Rumble. But yeah, I'll say the world title win at WrestleMania. Or, you know what, the Eddie Guerrero match at WrestleMania 21. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Possibly one of the best opening matches uh, at WrestleMania history. And his longtime friend, Conan, uh, inducting him. And it's something that Triple H is doing this year that people who are asking, they're asking to induct them. Mm-hmm. They're allowing it, you know. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's like the it's like the most... It's like the the main highlight of their entire career, you know, being inducted into the Hall of Fame of their chosen profession. It's um, surely they should have a right to decide who gets to be there alongside them. It's like almost like planning your your wedding day or choosing your best man kind of thing. Am I right? Well, I, I wouldn't go that far because Conan's not going to be at my wedding next year. But yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but, um, bear in mind this is coming off the back of Anderson Silva as well as well being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. So it's, uh, I mean, albeit the UFC one isn't as glamorous as the the WWE one, but you know, surely you know he gets to the he surely gets a say on how it should go, all things considered. Yeah, I agree. Um, Great Muta, also part of uh, this year's class, uh, being inducted by Ric Flair. Um, I'm just looking up. Ric Flair and Great Muta fought each other in Atlanta, Georgia for NWA World Championship Wrestling all the way back on November 25th, 1989. Damn. Yeah. They've got a... They've got a lot of history there, obviously, with NWA and WCW's relationship with New Japan and pro wrestling uh, Noah and obviously stuff, uh, wrestling promotions in the Middle East, uh, Middle East Far East. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of chat for people, oh, we wanted Shinsuke to induct him. I, too many modern wrestling fans don't know enough about wrestling history. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's, um, I think Ric Flair is obviously, you know, he's just a recognisable name from uh, from obviously the, the territories and WCW, WWE and stuff. And I don't know much about Great Muta, but um, he did have, a, he is obviously one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time. He's been doing this retirement tour the last few months. So I think it's only fitting that he gets inducted this year as well. But um no, I I get it. I mean, Nakamura would have been fine. I wouldn't have any complaints on it. But I suppose when you're looking at the full history of wrestling, I suppose Ric Flair does make a bit more sense. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, they've put a man on the moon and they've put an Andy Kaufman in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Andy Kaufman finally in the WWE Hall of Fame celebrity wing. His... Mm-hmm. Feud with Jerry Lawler back in the 80s transcended wrestling into the mainstream culture. Andy Kaufman was on chat shows like Letterman and Johnny Carson calling out Jerry Lawler. This one's been a long time call, a uh, long, long time coming, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Longer than it took me to t- say that sentence there. Yeah. It's a shame as well, because he was only 35 when he passed away as well. Like, guy was taken away too soon. But, yeah, heard he was um, mostly, uh, like, obviously feuding with Lawler um, through, I think it was Memphis Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it was, um, I think it was more of his... uh, his, his sort of comedy style, I think, is what added a bit of a twist to it because he was sort of into like uh, cringe humor, improv comedy, and I like that sort of thing. You know, just making things up as you as you go. But the um, the encounter with Lawler definitely, I think, is what his contribution to the wrestling industry is. Yeah, forty forty one years ago in July. It will be since Andy uh, Andy Kaufman gets slapped by Lawler on Letterman. Apparently, Letterman Whoa. was not happy. Apparently, like they were mm. best of friends behind the scenes, but they 
kept up kayfabe. AJ right, kept, yeah. kept up kayfabe the entire time. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it's just an amazing thing to look back on. Um, it, it just so bizarre. It'd be like Jerry Seinfeld in the 90s or Kevin Hart today, you know, getting fully into wrestling and fighting with one of the biggest stars and wrestling. And yeah. <laughs> just, I, I mean, I don't know about you, like, but um, I... Sorry, you go. Oh, I was going to say, uh, it sounds like, you know, if the Oscars had a kayfabe angle and Chris Rock and Will Smith had a cafe bank going, but it's uh, obviously that wasn't the case, and uh, obviously somebody got uh, faced a lot of consequences from that. But it's uh, sometimes you just can't really blur the lines between kayfabe and reality sometimes. But the way they did it on Letterman with Kaufman and Lawler, I think it was was particularly good. But it's crazy to think, you know, that nearly what. 30, no, almost 39 years it will have been since his passing that he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Mental. Considering that, you know, other celebrities like Drew Carey uh, and uh, who else? Snoop Dogg and Mr. T and for fuck's sake, even Donald fucking Trump is still in the bloody Hall of Fame. Donald Trump, presidency aside, when you look fully his wrestling contribution annoyingly enough does deserve to be there um but yeah but it's a long time coming is, um, we have heard in the u.s that apparently he's to be indicted this week so right, I'm not ta- this is not fox news it's ssr central like away for trump hey, listen, just, fox, news, fox news will be defending him to the moon it's all the other networks that are right, well, we're not talking about attacks. defending trump to the moon we're talking about the man on the moon we're talking about andy kaufman so um <laughs> Do you? I'm just laughing. Sports Kida have a a poll. There's long been a. It seems to be just whenever MD Famous dies young, Tupac, Elvis, Andy Kaufman, uh, that they think his death is a hoax or a prank. And there's a poll that says, "Do you think Andy Kaufman will appear at the Hall of Fame?" And someone put, "Yes, I think his death was a hoax slash prank." And someone went, "No." He is dead and therefore can't attend. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be clicking. Oh. No, he's dead and cannot attend. Um, realist, no, versus the, realist versus the realist versus the satirist. Oh my god! Anyway, um, two possible rumored inductions: uh, Stacy Keebler rumored to be inducted by Mick Foley, and a possible WWE ref to be inducted. Uh, no word yet on who that may be. I doubt it'll be El Hebner because that might be the thing that finally sends Bret Hart into a murderous rage. I think <laughs> you might be the, like the Charles Robinson or Mike Kyoda. Yeah, come to think of it, have you seen Charles Robinson referee a match in the last couple of months? I really don't pay attention to the refs, but mm. I probably have and haven't noticed. Yeah, because mostly I've seen Chad Patton, Jessica Carr do most of these matches now. They're the only people that stick in the mind. I think Chad Patton actually does a lot of the, the Universal title matches now. I, I'm really struggling to think the last time I saw Little Mitch, but I, you know what? We love, we love Little Mitch here on Eat Seep Suplex Retweet. I, know, I think it'd be great if he went in. Uh, yeah, uh, well deserved. A lot of referees have given a lot to the wrestling business and they certainly deserve to be inducted. Um, Stacey Keebler, a beloved uh, superstar in WCW, had a lot of uh, lot of roles, managed a lot of people in WWE, a lot of iconic moments, certainly that RKO to, from Randy Orton. Oh, and God, the moment, yeah. <clears throat> the moment she made Vince McMahon fall off his chair, which is oh, forever a meme. Forever a meme, yeah. <laughs> um, I think last I think one of her last stints in WWE I remember before she left for other ventures is that when she teamed with Hurricane and Rosie as Super Stacy. Yes. Almost like a successor to Mighty Molly a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, she always managed to find herself in quite quite good angles. So yeah, I wouldn't be against her yeah. being inducted. So that's the Hall of Fame. Reports today 
have indicated that WWE have not yet decided the finish of Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes in the WWE Undisputed Universal title match. Um, I've said this before, Roman will be closing in on a thousand days at WrestleMania. I'm wondering if the temptation is a bit too much and they don't finish one story, but they allow another to continue and they let Roman get to a thousand days as champion. I'm in two minds about this because at this point, he already is among the top five greatest WWE champions in history. Bear in mind those other reigns lasted like years, literally like five plus years in a lot of cases. But nobody's going to take that away from him. Not even Gunther's mammoth NXT UK title reign. So, I mean, that was that was insane. But this is even madder. This would be his third consecutive WrestleMania going in as defending WWE Universal Champion. The Bloodline story, I think, is reaching its climax. And if I was to decide this, I think they need to finish both this angle of the Bloodline story and Cody Rhodes needs to finish his story. Much as the the turn of phrase was when Michael Cole made the comment when he won the Rumble. The hard work, yeah. uh, hard work's just beginning. You've got the opportunity. Now finish the story. They have to finish the Cody Rhodes story. That's my call on it. Yeah, my thousand days just seems so cool, and it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> But Listen, it's, not like it I, it's not like it's not like it hasn't been done before, though. It, not in the modern era. It's, it's never not been done. Modern, but it's, that's why that's why you have wrestling folklore, wrestling history. You think there was a time, you know, there were champions that lasted a thousand days plus. Those are legends. Those are myths. And it takes a truly once in a generational talent to accomplish that feat. Some people may come close and they're still considered legends in the business. But it takes like uh, pretty much a demigod to get past a thousand days. Yeah. Oh. Just... And it's WrestleMania as well. The climax of stories that have been going on for a year plus. And they've done so well from about SummerSlam onwards to get at least three very, very good stories that deserve a proper finish. The Bloodline's on the verge of crumbling. Cody Rhodes has had a massive resurgence since coming back from injury. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn could win their first tag titles, both as individuals and as a team. Something's got to give in these stories. And I think dragging it on even more, well, I think would just deflate the entire audience. Uh, see, at the minute, so Roman Reigns has been Universal Champion for 933 days at time of recording. We are recording 21st of March, 2023. Oh. Hold on, how long? So, it's... Eight, it's 11 days until WrestleMania. Yeah, so he'd be 944. May 27, I... 2023 would be 1,000 days as Universal Champion for Roman May 27th. Reigns. May 27th, 2023 would so be... I'm pretty sure that is... That's post-backlash. Post-backlash, right. Backlash is Saturday, May 6th. Right. No, that's too long. Oh, they can't drag I, it. They I, can't know, drag I know, it I know but David, David, 
David, listen to me. Listen, do you remember um, the tension heading into New Day versus um, the Usos, where the New Day were trying to protect their record and the Usos were trying to break it? Now, May 27th is a Saturday. What if I told you that on 999 days, May 26th, Friday, a live Friday night SmackDown, Roman goes up against someone and he has to win to get to 1,000 days. Were you trying to tell me you would not be into that? Like, it's just, oh. I mean, I would actually, yeah. But oh. It's post mania though. So. <sighs> there's, there's just been so much investment in giving Cody the spotlight that he has. He's massively over with the crowd. He's been cutting promos like a like a king. It's oh I don't know. He I, is, honestly, I honestly don't know. He's 38 this uh, this June. Yeah. He has time. Oh I, I I'm starting to I'm starting to sway myself on the idea idea of 1,000 days. Maybe that's a curveball because maybe maybe some higher-ups have clocked onto the fact that maybe the fans are beginning to think, you know, Cody has to be the favourite. Oh, so, the, so they're throwing the 1,000 days as a curveball to try and make people second guess. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> say... Leave, man. I'm oh. second-guessing myself here. I know, I know, I know. I'm looking at it and going, oh, God, could you imagine? That would be a very well, well-viewed well episode of SmackDown, that one. That'd be one I'd watch live. Mm. Oh, definitely. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm just going to touch on this piece of news quickly. Um, next week... Um, Myself and Grant McRobbie will be recording a special central looking ahead to all the non uh, or sorry, non-WrestleMania weekend shows taking place on WrestleMania week. Uh, we'll be covering Multiverse United, the Impact versus New Japan uh, pay-per-view. We'll be covering uh, Supercard of Honor, a uh, the Ring of Honor show taking place WrestleMania weekend, and of course NXT Stand and Deliver. But just some news coming out of New Japan, and Sanada has won the 2023 New Japan Cup, defeating David Finlay, and he will now face Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Sakura Genesis on April 8th. Also on April 8th, Robbie Eagles, now part of the Mighty Don't Neal stable, will challenge Takahashi at the same event, April 8th, for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Grant McRobbie will go into more detail about that next week on the show. And of course, Scott and Grant with East Meets West uh, bi-monthly, I think, or just depending on what's happening in New Japan, uh, we'll have a show out soon. They'll be discussing the New Japan Cup and much, much more. But let's get into Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling going up against, uh, sorry, Impact Wrestling are going up against New Japan on March 30th, as we mentioned, for the Multiverse United show. But this coming Friday from Windsor, Ontario, Canada at the St. Clair College, Impact Wrestling are presenting the 14th Sacrifice pay-per-view. Some attraction matches to help build to Multiverse United. Uh, at Multiverse United, uh, Josh Alexander will defend the Impact World Championship against Kushida. But in the main event of this show, Josh Alexander's teaming with Rich Swan and Frankie Kazarian to take on Time Machine, the team of the Motorcycle Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, and Kushida. Um, Mickey James defending the Knockouts World Championship against Jordan Grace. A busted open match, which I think is just like a first blood match. Tommy Dreamer going up against yep. Billy Ray. Deonna Perrazzo going up against Giselle Shaw in a rematch from No Surrender. The Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, defending their Impact World Tag Team Championships against TM, T, 
TMDK, the mighty don't kneel, Shane Haste and bad dude Tito, uh, Jonathan Gresham taking on yeah, Mike Bailey. Mighty, yeah. Say again? The mighty don't kneel, is that TMDK? Yeah. That's the name, yeah. TMDK. That's the okay, stable fair name is called TMDK. Uh, look at you, thinking you're David Campbell, knowing about New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bailey. Joe Hendry uh, defends his Impact Digital Media Championship against Brian Myers, finally getting his rematch. And PCO takes on Kenny King. Uh, I'm going to read through the Multiverse United card quite quick. No, in fact, I'm not. There's too much on that that doesn't relate to this. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, let's talk the six-man tag match first. I think this is going to be amazing. Time Machine versus Josh Alexander, Kazarian and Rich Swan, leading to Kushida versus Josh Alexander, and I think we might see Kushida make one of Josh Alexander's team either tap out or he pins Josh Alexander heading into their match next week at Multiverse United. Mm, I don't know about that. I reckon... This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I reckon they still have to keep Alexander strong, but it gives Kushida a little bit of momentum. I reckon Rich Swan eats the pin on this one, you know, having old uh, revisiting the uh, NXT cruiserweight division a little bit. But then again, we did see the time splitters in the NXT Dusty Cup once before, which I thought was quite cool. Uh, Kushida and Alex Shelley teaming up for it. But um, yeah, I, th- I reckon. I think Josh Alexander's team can afford a loss here as long as he doesn't be the one to eat the pin because he's been so dominant over the last like year and a bit or so as, as long as he's been Impact champion. And I think we um, we ranked him pretty highly at the end of year awards as well. I think he was like 8th or ninth or something. But yeah, yeah. Non wrestler of the year, didn't he? Non. Oh yeah, non WWE slash AEW wrestler of the year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Just because he had so many successful title defenses, but I think the last thing Kushida needs is like to be eating a loss right before a title match. So I, I reckon they'll do the booking where the challenger gets a bit of a leg up on the champion, but neither of like neither of them are made to look weak. So I mentioned um, Steve Macklin uh, beforehand. He is the number one contender. He's taking on Josh Alexander or Kushida at Rebellion. Uh, He started a bit of a rivalry with Josh. He said that he would be his partner for the six-man tag match here. Josh Alexander said no and took Rich Swan and Kazarian. Ironically enough, two of Josh's last three title defences have took place against these guys. Hmm. And Steve Macklin made the point, are you just surrounding yourself with people that you know you can beat? And putting a bit of doubt in there. This past week on Impact, uh, the team of Kazarian, Alexander and Swan took on the Bullet Club, Ace Austin, Chris Bay and Kenta. And Bullet Club got the win because Josh Alexander got distracted by Steve Macklin watching on from the ramp. So I think there might be some shenanigans here again, building towards rebellion and a possible Josh Alexander or Kushida against Steve Macklin match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. You know, have Steve uh, Macklin cause a distraction, have a bit of shenanigans. If this is made eventing as well, I think it does make the most sense to do that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bailey for a minute. Um, these two guys fought at No Surrender. Um, Jonathan Gresham picking up the victory there. This seems like a very, like, you're good but I'm better sort of rivalry. And I don't really like these because they've been teaming together. They've been kind of like slapping each other on the back. And yeah, I... 
I just I don't like these sort of feuds. I I feel you need something other than just ah you're good at the wrestling. I'm also good at the wrestling. Would you like to see who's really good at the wrestling? <laughs> like uh, the old frenemies angle a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of like um what MVP and Matt Hardy were in two thousand and seven. Yeah, it like a keep your friends close, enemies closer sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or the initial days of the bar, or Team Hell No. Like I'm the tag team champion. Yeah. No, I'm the tag team champions. We talk about um, British wrestlers doing quite well in WWE just now. Uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre are doing very well uh, in WWE, part of the upcoming title scene. But Joe Hendry over in Impact is doing really well for himself at the minute. He's the current Impact Digital Media Champion. He's been through rivalries with Matt Cardona and retained the title. Big matches against Moose and retained the title. And now going up against Brian Myers, the former champion at Sacrifice. Joe Hendry's really established the Impact Digital Media title as a, as a sort of mid-card championship because, yes, they've got the X Division, but that's really... It's more of a cruiserweight title, and it's still exciting. And Impact still give it a still give it a spotlight. But I've always thought they needed a mid card title, and Joe Hendry is doing wonders for this title. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I'm still taken aback by the whole um, Edge's bitch parody song, which <laughs> I think is just extra fuel to the fire for this feud he's got with Brian Myers going on. Yeah, but- absolutely. Can you imagine if they did ended up doing like a triple threat with Matt Cardona? That would be, I think that would just be the cherry on top for the, this sort of feud. And they could do a two on one, but then you could have a the old partners in a triple threat. They argue over who's winning the title and then the champion capitalizes kind of thing. But I think Matt Cardona has been taking a lot more indie bookings as of late or he's uh, been plagued with injury again. I can't remember which one of the two, but um but yeah, I'm just glad that Hendry's still able to keep this feud with the dude, but the I was going to say the dude busters, but no, that's uh, Trent Barretta's. Trent yeah, Barretta. that's it. Yeah, um, major bro, the major bros. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> but nah, I'm I'm really glad. You know, we've got another like Scottish-born wrestler making making waves in a a sizable promotion in the states because I think before i think there was a bit of difficulty trying to break in make himself an established name but he was uh he is an established commonwealth wrestler now so he has that a lot of credibility behind him and i think it's just as long as he's allowed to do some creativity you know with the the parody songs entrances etc like that's his that's his gig that's his go-to thing and I do. I, I still recall a tweet sent out by Jordan Grace when that first aired, and she said that when this parody aired, everybody in the back was crying with laughter. So <laughs> it, it goes to show it was received well by not only fans but the backstage folk as well. And I think it doesn't have to be like every single week, but if he enters a new feud with somebody, I think as long as he has something for each feud, it actually that'll be his stick going forward. Yeah, well, we talked about um, how feuds could impact the uh, Multiverse United show. Um, obviously, Josh mm-hmm. Alexander and Kushida taking part in the World Championship match there. They're on the card in a six-person tag match uh, on Sacrifice. Mike Bailey is going up against Tanahashi. Um He's a replacement for Will Osprey, who is injured. Jeff Cobb going up against Moose in a big meaty men slapping meat match. Um, <laughs> Trey Miguel, if he makes it through, Lindsay Dorado, I imagine he will, um, will be part of a six-way scramble <laughs> for the Impact <laughs> X Division Championship with Clark Connors, Frankie Kazarian, Rich Swan, Rocky Romero and Kevin Knight. A match I am dying to see they are going to knock seven shades of you know what out of each other Kenta defending the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship against Minoru Suzuki oh, uh, oh, that'll be good there's a fatal four way match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships and it features both Bullet Club and the Mighty Don't Kneel TMDK uh, who are in this week's Sacrifice uh, Tag Team Championship match 
So one of those teams will de be defending against the other team, uh, as well as Aussie Open and the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, Mickey James, if she manages to make it through, Jordan Gracie will be defending against uh, both Diana Perazzo and Giselle Shaw, who are in action against each other at Sacrifice, and Miyu Yamashita. Oh, yes, I got that fucking spot on. <laughs> there well you done, go. Well done. Uh, an eight-man tag team match, uh, PCO and Eddie Edwards obviously having their issues. PCO is fighting Eddie Edwards' tag partner, Kenny King, at the moment. But the two of them are going to be involved in eight-man tag team action. Uh, Callahan, Alex Coughlin, Fred Rossiter and PCO taking on Eddie Edwards, Joe Hendry, J.R. Kratos and Tom Lawler. So a lot of the sacrifice uh, show bleeding into Multiverse United. It'll be interesting to see um, if there's certain people that show up, uh, maybe unannounced at Sacrifice. But, you know, I said about bleeding over, we've got a busted open match between Tommy Dreamer and Billy Ray. Mm. Two ECW originals going head-to-head -head in a first blood match. This is going to be a tame affair, isn't it? Oh, definitely. But I imagine it's not going to be settled with just like a you know, like a, a nosebleed or a, or a bust <laughs> lip. It's going to be, it's going to be like, uh, they want a proper crimson mask. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, how anticlimactic would it be if one of them, you know, takes like a, like a, a mistimed, <laughs> a, yeah, a mistimed punch to the nose and they end up getting a, a nosebleed from that. Like how bad would that be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I am looking forward to this. This is getting really personal. Bully Ray's run uh, an impact recently. I wasn't a fan of him being in the world title scene, but he's been really personal and he's been really like on the edge heel wise. And I really enjoyed really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I always enjoy seeing Tommy Dream on the ring, even though like we're starting to get to the right, maybe move away Tommy stage. I always enjoy seeing a good Tommy Dreamer match. Mm. Yeah, I just don't know. I think my impression of Tommy Dreamer has been tainted a little bit, given the whole controversy surrounding his, his comments about the plane ride from hell. That was, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, he apologized for though that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I just can't help but. You know, my impression of him still a little bit tainted from that. But I, I, putting that aside, I, I think you've got a safe bet having two ECW originals going at it because they've got great chemistry with each other. Bully Ray, I think when he turns the heel character to maximum, he does it pretty damn well because he comes across as quite a, like, well, for for lack of a better word, a very, a very aggressive bully type character. Uh, I think it suits him really well, you know, being more of the heel than anything else in this. So, yeah, I think this is just this is going to be an an all out brawl. Hopefully, we will get to see a a table spot, maybe some barbed wire thrown in there. But um, I'm just wondering, you know, what spot is it going to take for them to bust the other person open? Maybe that's why they're calling it a busted open match because. First blood, I think, is too uh, too vague. You know, this they could say like calling it busted open because that's the yeah, you have, you, you have, <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to physically bust them open. Like you're not going to get away with a with the nosebleed uh, loophole. Yeah, um, just a wee bit on Will Osprey. Obviously, he was meant to be at um, the New Japan Cup, uh, which aired today, and he was meant to be at Multiverse United taking on Mike Bailey. Um, the former IWGP United States champion was suffering a shoulder injury. However, according to PW Insider Elite, uh, Osprey's shoulder injury is much worse than initially thought, prompting New Japan to yank him from matches during WrestleMania weekend, both at WrestleCon and the cross-promotion card with Impact Wrestling. Uh, he'll be off New Japan's next tour. Uh, and he will also be unavailable for the Secura Genesis event on April 8th. Um, apparently, the long-term goal is a rematch between Osprey and Omega, 
at Forbidden Door 2, but there's no timetable for his return, and unfortunately it just looks like he's going to have to grin and bear it sort of thing and wait until he's healthy enough to get back in the ring. That's a shame as well, but, you know, needs must when it comes to to injuries. You know, sometimes shoulder injuries can take a long time to recover. It's, uh, I mean, the possibilities that could have happened are probably thrown into question now, but Jonathan Gresham, Speedball Mike Bailey, two guys who I think have been getting a lot of attention in TNA impact as of late. I reckon we'll put on a decent match regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously Tanahashi against Mike Bailey is no no slouch either, so certainly stuff to look forward to. But let's end on Bill Goldberg. Goldberg no longer with WWE, it seems. Uh, it looks like so Goldberg's last match was in February of 2022. Um, February of 2022, taking on Roman Reigns for the Universal title in Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm just looking here just now. I think that's the only time he's uh, lost by submission as well. Is it? I believe so, yeah. Uh, Goldberg has said that WWE owes him another match. However, it seems that both of them have not worked out a deal. Sean Ross Sapp uh, reported that Goldberg's contract expired at the end of 2022 and he is currently a free agent. Uh, WWE and him not coming to an agreement uh, on... Uh, yeah, I was making sure it was the Elimination... I thought that was 2021 for some reason. Mm. Elimination Chamber 2022 in Saudi Arabia. Uh, was Goldberg's final match uh, on Goldberg's deal which wrapped in December 2022. We had obviously talked before at the start of, would you call it, at the start of Triple H's reign, he wasn't keen on bringing people like Bill Goldberg back. He wanted to maybe focus on part-time guys that could move the needle, but put more of an emphasis on the current product. Mm-hmm. No, he's quite right, but... I think the one the one glaring exception to that is he's brought in some celebrity involvement for WrestleMania and a few other instances too. But then again, WrestleMania has been, you know, a showcase of celebrities as well as current talent. But a lot of Triple H's attention on these premium live events has always been on focusing on the talent he's got at the minute and build on their stories. And that's why I think the build to WrestleMania has been so good because each premium event along the way has been another chapter in each of these stories. But it's uh, it's going to be quite interesting to see, uh, you know, um, we're just waiting for the uh, Bill Goldberg is all elite uh, memes coming up. But I mean, I suppose if he was owed another match, they might as well at least give him the 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 salary for it, you know, settle any any legal disputes. Well, apparently AEW was interested in Goldberg back in 2019. I obviously think that was to make a bit of a splash when they were first becoming a company. Don't know if they'd be interested in him now. I certainly wouldn't be against it. Um, and Goldberg has talked about wanting to retire. He is uh, he is Jewish. He wants to retire with a match in Israel, apparently. Um, so, Israel? Yeah. It's like the Holy Land for Jewish people. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Um, so I think he wants to have his own have his own sort of match, but he would like, to obviously, to have had WWE promoting it. But, yeah, it looks like he wants to either retire in his own terms in Israel or maybe he'll just sort of move away. Mm. To be honest, he's got nothing else to prove in wrestling. He was a hit in the 90s. He had his WWE run. It's never never really clicked in WWE. You know, the full-time run, he was overexposed. The part-time run, he's not there enough to make he's it. He's a Hall of Famer, though. Say again? He's a Hall of Famer, though. No, no, absolutely. And he deserves to be for his WCW run. Like, his WCW run is legendary. Like, 
Oh yeah. People might look back on it now and be like, oh, it's about like and slag, you know, the the ever inflated, you know, number of matches that were added to the streak. But it was a time in wrestling where, you know, the biggest stars were mega stars and Bill Goldberg was one of those you know, mid-90s, early 2000s guys who was an absolute megastar. And he has done not too bad uh, in film and TV sort of thing. He's always had some, he's always popped up, you know. He was in Law and Order. He's been in The Flash for multiple episodes. He was in Longest Yard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think Goldberg will be absolutely fine. like to see him come back and do a couple of squash matches. You know, I think it'd be funny seeing him squash the likes of Corbin and Jinder Mahal. And sort or, of special uh, attraction matches. Or Chad Gable, maybe. <laughs> oh my God, could you and imagine? Spear? You spear. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, good luck to Goldberg wherever he ends up. We are going to wrap this up just now. Thank you very much, David, for joining us. Uh, next week, we are going to be previewing all the non-WrestleMania, WrestleMania Week shows. And then on Thursday the 30th, we are going to be recording a WrestleMania two-night preview. Dave, you'll be on that one with me as well. I will be there, yep. And I will also wrangle anyone I can. People off the street, come on. Do you like the wrestling? Come on, we'll go talk about it. What do you mean? Don't run away from me. Anyway, if you want to listen to our massive back catalogue, iTunes, Android and Spotify, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet is what you need to search. And at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. That's where you can find all our social media. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. See ya. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McRobbie. We are the hosts of the monthly show on the Suplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Seek Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.